going in the office over there? Pretty good. We usually start around 11, but I just popped in here. I got, like, shirts to print and uh, just doing some, like, email stuff or whatever. But cool. Damn. Just doing my thing. Dude, I... See, so you got the little sticker on the, on the back wall? <laughs> the, yeah, that's an original. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been printing a lot like that. Uh, I screen print stickers and all that, so it's a uh, it's a learning curve, but it's uh, it's fun to do the screen print a lot of stuff. Did you guys do uh, blue ones too? No, I just been doing black. Um, right on. It's uh, the ink's pretty expensive, so. Is it a different kind of ink for the vinyl? Yeah, it's uh, it's a solvent ink, so it's not plastisol, and. Uh, you have to put like thinner in it, like paint thinner and, and all this type of stuff. It dries up in the screen pretty quick. So you got to, it's a different method for printing for sure. You can't just leave it in the screens or, or else it will dry up in the screen and it's, uh, it becomes like a big headache pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I've, I've looked into it a little bit, but that yeah, this is why I only do basic screen printing myself because yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't do all that stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, I so I went over the some of the links you sent me, some of the video parts. Bro. Come on. You play you play it down how good you are at riding. We talked about so many things, but like that's some top level bike riding you got too, you know? <laughs> uh it's it's kind of um I I equated to like, uh, dudes always looked up to is like Burns, Jimmy Levine, Dave Young. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up on like Nowhere Fast, so uh, I definitely like, well, Nowhere Fast, Criminal Mischief, Fane Home, and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely just like play the fuck out of those uh, VHS tapes. And uh, actually, I think I wore out Criminal Mischief to where I'd like take the tape and, um, Definitely that in fast too, uh, where the tapes like just played so much that they broke in half, so I had to like take them apart and scotch tape them Damn. just to keep playing them. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all the way right there. Yeah. So you're from Louisville, Kentucky, or is it Louisville? Uh, yeah, we it's funny downtown, uh, right where the heart of all the uh, recent riots happened. At um, there's like a sign that has like eight different ways to say Louisville or I guess you would say Louisville for people that don't understand what I'm saying yeah uh, uh, yeah they, we have like a slang and just uh, you know it's no different than like Philly or New York or whatever but mm -hmm. just a certain way that we talk so yeah Louisville Louisville that's where I'm from that's cool so did you grow up riding that big concrete park then yeah, yeah. Where uh, warehouse is probably like uh, animal warehouse. That's where I work at. Um, that's you know about five miles away from it. But yeah, I grew up on that. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's like an iconic skate park in Louisville. So that's wild. Yeah, Damn. yeah. There would always be like tons of pros coming through for like mega tours and props and road pulls stuff like that. So you guys were kind of on the artery of like what BMX was you know it's not like you were in some town that nobody ever came to you know people were always passing through your your area yeah. 
that's kind of cool. Definitely, um, yeah, at the skate park, you would just, you know, Ty Stevenson, uh, just, like I said, uh, any type of pros that roll through, through, and Mm -hmm. then, uh, yeah, Crandall, I remember meeting him there, things like that, just anybody you can think of that would just roll through, you know. Damn. Yeah, and ran into a bunch of people for sure. (laughs) So, uh, I guess, do you want to go into how you got into riding, or do you want to jump to the photography part? I was gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always in interviews when I hear it, it's always the same deal. It's mm-hmm. like you know, uh, some kid in like class had like a dance comp or something. You <laughs> see it, get into it, but that's just the spiel for me. It's just seventh grade. Uh, you know, saw a kid in my class was a racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, his name is Corey Wagner. Shout out to him. But um, I just saw him at my hometown skate park, uh, and he he recognized me i was like oh shit like i'm still riding and he had he still had like an old school like metal kiss or something like that he was he was putting around putting putting around on but um yeah yeah, uh see usual shit just Mm -hmm. dance um, got into it built up a bike and then been doing it since 98 so around 22 23 years i guess damn yeah what uh did um, you stumble into photography from just like trying to capture photos of people riding, or was it? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, just my dad had like a camera in his closet. It's like a Pentax, mm-hmm. something like that. I grabbed it and like pretty much gutted it and ruined it, just like tinkering with it, just taking it apart and all that. And then um, got it. I was really into filming actually, but it was before filming had kind of like standards, I guess. So at the time I would just kind of point a camera with a fish on it at people. Mm-hmm. I was never really into like the, um, you know, people get real crazy with like, uh, I was, I, I was uh, about to buy like a GL, uh, the Canon GL or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was about to buy one of those, but then I ended up going to art school in Pittsburgh after high school. And then I moved to Pittsburgh for four years, but that's when I decided I was just like, what would be the best route for a uh, a career, I guess. So then I I pretty much like flipped the coin, I guess. And I was just like either video or photo. And at the time, photo was popping off the magazine, so I went for that. And it was funny because like it uh, it like flipped as I got into it. Like video became the thing, mm-hmm. so. No, I, I got into photo and then um, just would just email everybody when I started doing it, emailing Ride, Ride UK. Uh, I think my first stuff I got printed was in Cream, actually. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I was just like that person that would just hit up everybody trying to like get my foot in the door. But yeah, I had tons of stuff. Um, every single magazine, you know, Ride, Ride UK. Dig, Cream, BMX Plus, Albion, uh, you can you name it. I probably shot for him, like that's throughout crazy. all the years. So that's crazy. Did you um, did you kind of like maybe I'm jumping out of the timeline, but I don't know how to explain it. Like, did you just grow away from photography, or is it just like something you do as a hobby now, or? Uh no, I still do it. Um, I'm staring at like 
some negatives right now just laying on my on my uh, my desk right here. Mm-hmm. I grew up shooting film and all that, and then um, but yeah, I still do it a lot. It's mainly just if friends ask me like, hey, I'm like going to do this banger, can you shoot it? I'll do that. Um, I'm definitely not hunting down magazines so much anymore, but I yeah. I do make prints and, and sell prints actually I went to uh, when I went to Egypt uh, like probably two years back I uh, I would set up like makeshift dark rooms in like friends garages and stuff when I was traveling and I set one up in Brooklyn and my friends uh, my friend Greg Volanterno he's a good good photographer um, one of my best friends too but uh, he uh, we set up a dark room in there, and I made, like, a bunch of prints after I got back from Egypt of, like, the pyramids, camels, stuff like that, and then sold them and made, like, 400 bucks off of it just off of, like, Instagram pretty much. But, yeah. yeah, like, I definitely still do it for sure. That's tight. It sounds like it turned into just one more tool in your toolbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, man. You you seem like you pick up stuff and you figure it out. Yeah, man, I definitely, I, I use it, too, to, like, make shit happen, so. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, after you got into photography, you're getting into writing and, like, showing stuff more. You said you were working on the Albion with uh, Scott Marceau. Like, uh, he was the East Coast side and you were kind of like the West Coast side at one point. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot to mention uh, um, Chris Marshall. He was kind of doing a lot, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. They just had us as, like, the three main contributors, I guess, and mm-hmm. then they would kind of get some other people. But, uh, yeah, we were – they would hit me up and be like, hey, you got anything to offer for, like, a column this month and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, was, I would kind of handle the West Coast and then uh, – I would just like kind of interview like old school pros like Sean McKenney. I, I did a thing on uh, uh, Bar Spinner Ryan. Um, he's out out there, and then uh, yeah, just did handful of stuff for them. And then uh, actually, like yet yeah, the last one I did was on Grimaldo Duran. That was mm-hmm. when I was living in uh, New Jersey. Uh, when I started working at Merit, I did uh, a piece on him. And uh, him and his son George, they're real cool too. Yeah, that's dope. So, you made the jump from photography to to sales reps. Then is that? Yeah, that kind of uh, I I had a quick stint where I went out to, to chase the dream. I guess I I graduated college, uh, and then I just like never been out west. So I just like packed my car up one night and just drove out there on a whim. And then um, just started hitting up all the companies. And then I just started just being like a contributor hustler out there, just kind of doing photo stuff. And then, uh, well, uh, shit, what's the, what was the question? Um, oh, yeah, how I transitioned into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like a year out there kind of just uh, doing freelance photo stuff, kind of shooting ads and and all that stuff for all the uh companies and then i came back to louisville and after a year of that and a job posting popped up for merit 
and uh, that was like when they first started. I think they've been around for like they'd been around for like maybe a year or so. It was around 2003, uh, 2012, mm. and then um, yeah, I just sent out uh, email to to Brennan and. Uh, they hit me up and they actually they flew me out there I'd, I'd only been on a plane once before and <laughs> I'd, I played it off like I'd flown before but uh um yeah they flew me out there and then I got that gig and then I did it for like a year and a half mm-hmm. and pretty much learned the ropes from them uh how to like you know do BMX sales and things like that so cool. yeah I did that and then uh right after that i uh i was friends with like ryan howard and he was he was uh he was uh tight with like you know daily grind guys and stuff like that since they're in ohio so they took me on and then i worked with them for like seven or eight months that kind of fell through um just because they were just such a small company or whatever some shit happened between us and then uh yeah, after that, I just, uh, I tore my ACL. I've had, like, two ACL surgeries on my left knee. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I tore my ACL, and then I um, went on this long trip uh, across America with the girl I was dating at the time. We pretty much, I had, like, a hatchback, and I, uh, I uh, we just went on a long trip and just kind of slept out of the car for, like, a month. Um, seeing, we saw probably like 15 national parks and uh, camped in tents the whole time. Was this when you were recovering from your knee? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was just doing, uh, just getting back. I couldn't ride for like a while. And then, uh, yeah, I did that. And then when we were on that trip, I kept seeing people at parks like with veins and stuff like that. So I was just like, when I kind of told her, I was just like, yeah, I think I could do that. You know, it's like, I was just like, I'm happy at these, like, parks and stuff. I couldn't really ride at the time. And, um, yeah, I was just like, I think I could do this. And then when I got back, uh, we kind of broke it off. And uh, I sold my car and then just bought a van and jumped in it and lived in my van for, like, three years straight, pretty much. And just traveled the country, uh, saw every single state except for hawaii and alaska i was actually supposed to be in hawaii right now uh but like corona type of stuff kind of canceled that trip i guess mm-hmm. but um no i'm still i still got my tickets uh i bought them like mad cheap got like three tickets for my mom myself and my aunt for a thousand bucks round trip <laughs> damn so but uh yeah sold sold tons of countries um and just have tons of stories on top of that from, from living that way. But yeah, yeah. it's cool. I did that for like three years. It kind of turned me out because uh, just living on the road, you'll get kind of strung out from it. And then came back and this animal gig just kind of popped up for me. So they needed somebody to, to run the show, so. Right, so now you're in Kentucky handling some stuff over there, helping them yeah. out. Yeah definitely handling tons of stuff <laughs> so so yeah you like obviously you got the photography you got the video you got the writing you got the sales rep and now you're, you're screen printing stuff you're helping 
production move along you're meeting deadlines that sounds like what is that like business manager or something like that or uh i guess warehouse manager or something yeah when when ralph kind of i'm just like i just do it all but like when ralph kind of uh talks to, to like you know i guess like ups people or whatever be like hey like my my warehouse manager so i guess i'm a warehouse manager um i'm a shipper i'm a international sales rep uh yeah just you name it i do it you know mm-hmm. screen printer I, I screen print all the shirts for animal mm-hmm. um just do everything super diy right now to, to help the company you know but yeah i, I do do tons of stuff cool but, uh, so can we go back to the knee thing real quick uh yeah i want to ask like how was the surgery like how did that feel because i think i might need one <laughs> But I want to know, uh, like, what was that like, and then what was the recovery like? I had my first knee surgery, um, what was it, back in, like, probably 2010 or something like that. But it was rough, man. It, like, I, uh, when I did it, it, uh, it just felt like firecrackers going off in your knee. It's, it's not, it's, like, probably the worst pain I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I had to like drop myself home. I was like crying. It was so it was so bad. But uh, yeah, it's um, Damn. that one. I did it, and I didn't really know. And I was kind of living pretty like, I guess just the usual like BMX dude in their twenties, just eating <laughs> you know dollar menu type of shit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and not you know being like exercising a bunch or whatever but uh they they did a cadaver on that one and it took like six months for like me even to like get back into like walking or whatever i was on crutches for a bit and then um that one held up for like five years and then finally it just like kind of gave out and then uh yeah the cadaver when somebody sometimes your body just like rejects rejects it because it's like Mm -hmm. it's a a foreign you know ligament or whatever it's uh it's not your own body so then i had the next one uh and i did that one and then uh i did kind of just like they took from like my uh they took from like my quad or something like that and i knew going into it that i need to like you know prepare myself so like i did a bunch of exercise like kind of got all my legs like really strong and all that Mm -hmm. and then uh I was up and walking and riding my bike within a month after that. So that's definitely the way to go if you do it. And, uh, yeah, just, I, at the time I didn't really have good health insurance. I think I, I had like Obamacare, so no physical therapist would take me. Um, so I had to do like my own physical therapy and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, you just gotta be easy on it. Cause if you like, do too much you'll just loosen everything up and you'll have a loose knee you gotta keep it pretty tight oh. but i still wear like a knee brace um not like the crazy robo ones but i, I just wear like a little like ace hmm. uh knee brace just to keep it all tight and solid or whatever like a compression but, thing yeah it's it's sometimes if you don't have it on i it's kind of like i i feel like i've done it so long though that i'm like i feel naked if i don't have it riding and i'm like scared to put my foot down like it's gonna shift sideways or something like that mm-hmm. so it kind of sucks i don't think you're supposed to wear it forever but at this point um i'll be 33 next week and uh it's like 
I don't know. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to go through that shit again. So yeah, I just want to raise. Yeah, definitely, man. That's crazy. Fuck. Damn. No. Yeah, if you if you need it, I don't know. I think like, um, it's. I've I've heard a lot of people just kind of just get by without getting it, but like, yeah, if your if your knees shifting around and stuff like that, it kind of sucks. Like when it finally does happen but i probably wouldn't do a surgery until it's like straight up just broke off yeah i got a mine i had an injury a long time ago where i thought like i i thought my leg was straight and my foot was sideways like that's what i thought happened but it wasn't quite that case it just like but it got tweaked in that direction so now when I go to say I was gonna try like a wall ride 180 and I spin to the left, if I under rotate that wall, that wall ride 180, which happens almost all the time, how I land and like you know resist the momentum will make yeah. my kneecap hot, and it feels like whatever you did, you almost did something wrong. Like, mm, I've never had a hot kneecap. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it's like, I've definitely felt stuff yeah. like moving around in there, like like a like a windshield wiper type of thing, where it's like I can feel something moving oh. side to side. And I'm just like, uh, and then I don't know. Sometimes it pops in and out of place or whatever. But right. damn, yeah, I, I try not to think too much about it and just ride. I guess it's it's just gonna happen if you just ride bikes your whole life. I guess. Yeah. But, Has that. Uh, did that change like how you when you went on this three year trip were you a little bit more rewriting were you like yeah yeah I, was, I mean I was riding um, for the first year of it I kind of just like did van life stuff and just kind of like solved the country or whatever and mm-hmm. traveled a bunch but um, yeah it's 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 uh, it's rough when you're like not riding with like people all the time you're like you know you're rolled past like a spot and you'll just be by yourself in the middle of like Texas or something like that it's just like do I really want to like hit this like big kink rail or some shit and it's like eh I would like kind of just ride some stuff but yeah I'd definitely pop into towns and ride and film with people um yeah for like us them I was a part of that and uh like people would fly to cities or whatever and I would just be there so like tons of times people would fly out to LA or SF and like I would just be there already you know so I was able to jump in on a bunch of trips because I would just like show up with my van and then on top of that we had a van so like all all the crew would just jump in and wouldn't have to rent you know a van or anything like that Mm -hmm. so that's tight yeah um can you uh share some stories on the three-year trip like was it like a self-discovery mission do you is that when you were writing and yeah uh definitely had some crazy stuff um so i'm writing a book well i just finished a book actually right now it's like in like a kind of i just need to uh go through and like edit it pretty much mm-hmm. uh all the typos and all that but it's called paradox and a lot of things that happened to me seem to have some sort of like synchronicity with uh with a lot of things in life many times are like kind of that that type of stuff where it's like if you you haven't heard from like a friend in a long time or like a a past girlfriend and you're thinking about them 
they hit you up mm-hmm. when you think about them. It's just like, what the fuck? I haven't heard from you in like five years type of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of things like that would happen to me. And, uh, and that's kind of the, the, uh, overall just like the, how the book is just like laid out a lot of the stories are like connected like that oh cool yeah there there was time i guess one of them uh a cool one i was like at yellowstone uh with that chick uh that i was traveling with like when i first started it and we went to uh there's like the like right where like old faithful is like there's this crazy big like hotel there it's like it's one of the hotels that were kind of like um, they used for like the idea of like the hotel in the shining. Mm. So it's like this big creepy ass hotel. And, uh, so we had been traveling for a month and we, we got there and we were just like kind of strung out from the road and, um, hadn't showered. We found some like guest shower in the hotel and we just kind of like just snuck in and just jumped in and we hadn't, hadn't showered in like two or three weeks or whatever, but we get in there and then, uh, it's like freezing because it's like i don't know april so it's still cold there around that time of the year Mm -hmm. but we got in there took a shower um she was kind of like neurotic i guess so like she would always just be paranoid about stuff so she was just like kind of bugging out because we were just like you know kind of sneaking into this hotel or whatever but i was just like it's freezing outside i don't want to like I don't want to sleep out in the car. So she was just like, well, I'm not sleeping in here. I'm, we're going to get caught. And I was like, well, I guess I'll see you in the morning then because I'm sleeping in here. So we, uh, <laughs> she went out to the parking lot and then I, I went inside and I just found some like, you know, like a, a bench to sleep on or something away from like the, the, the lobby or whatever. And just like, the place had the vibe of like the shining for sure like all the hallways were just straight and symmetrical everything's like the same like same floor pattern all that type of stuff is just super creepy and um so i found this like place upstairs uh and then there was a like a little desk and chair at the end of the hallway but there was like a a window in front of it that was open but you could see the reflection of the hallway behind it so i sit and kind of just like, you know, put, fold my, like, pretzel my arms up and just kind of like lay down like high school style, like sleeping in like home ec class or some shit and, and just try and go to sleep on the desk. And uh, I hear this door open up behind me and uh, I see in the reflection of the window, this like girl opens up the door and she shuffles like down the hallway, probably about 15 rooms behind me towards me. And I look in the reflection, and it looks just like the, like, girl from the, the movie The Ring. Like, that oh, little, like, Chinese-looking, like, yeah. scary-looking girl or whatever. And uh, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, am I... <laughs> I was like, I wasn't fucked up or, like, on drugs or anything. I was just like... And I wasn't seeing things. I was, like, completely awake and mm-hmm. fully there. So I was just like, yeah, this is definitely not a ghost. This is real. But, uh... Yeah, she shuffles up, and she's, like, sniffling and crying the whole time. Like, not... She's just, like, sniffling, and she shuffles up, and she's in, like, her pajamas and stuff. She uh, stands right behind me and just sits there, and she's, like, sniffling, breathing super heavy, 
and I'm just sitting there just like a possum just playing dead. I'm just like, nope, I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> so You're like, I'm she, dead. I'm dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> so she just, uh, uh, she's done minutes and then just turns around and shuffles back to her room and closes the door. And I was sitting there, I was just like, what the fuck? But I was too tired, so I was just like, whatever, like, I'm just going to sleep. Yeah. And then uh, about 10 minutes go by, it happens again. The door creaks open, she shuffles back, and this time she sh- like she shuffles next to me, and there's, like, a seat beside me at the, uh, the, the table I was sitting at, and she stands beside me, and I, this at this point I can see her out of, like, my peripherals, and... Uh, I'm just sitting there, and I did, like, the biggest, like, fake, like, yawn thing. I just, like, kind of got up and did, like, a fake stretch, and I was just, I looked over to her, and I was, like, I was just, like, she probably doesn't speak English, because that park, it's tons of tourists for, like, Asian people and stuff like that, so I was just, like, I would ask her what's wrong or what's going on, but I don't even know if she speaks English, so I was just, like screw this i'm just getting out of here so i just did a fake yawn and just kind of bounced and just like walked off so i uh go back to the car and uh my girlfriend at the time she was like in the car sleeping because that's where she said she was gonna be and then uh she i walk up to the car and i just see her just crying like being hysterical in the car so i I uh, walk up and like pull a door. She unlocks it and Ash, I was like, "What's up?" And she's like, "Oh, I was just having these horrible dreams. Like all these weird dreams of these like weird video cutscenes of like horrific, horrible things happening." And that's like the same shit that was happening in that movie, The Ring. And like, is we didn't pre-set this up or anything like we didn't watch that movie I hadn't, I hadn't seen it since like when I was a kid in like 2005 or some shit and so it wasn't even fresh in our minds but uh yeah that she had pretty much the same thing happen and uh I was just like yeah like you wouldn't believe what just happened to me <laughs> like pretty much that girl from the ring or whatever like you know, a person just like that came up on me, and I told her, I was just like, yeah, this place has definitely got some, like, some shit going on in the air or whatever, and, uh, yeah, at that point, we just slept in the car, but I was just like, yeah, this place gives me the spooks. Yeah. But, Fuck, yeah, I mean, dude. like, and it's an old, old hotel that's been there for, like, over 100 years, definitely it's haunted, and some shit's going on, so, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's just, like, can this one and head out. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. I watched your your van life video and it, that um that one spot that's got like the big swoops in it, the big wave. Yeah, that yeah, didn't even look wave. like this planet, man. That was crazy. That's uh that's like a crazy place. Um, I had tried. I actually on that trip, I tried to go with her, but she um, it's like you gotta have like a a pass to get into it. Um, they only let in like ten people a day. Oh wow! And you have to like enter like a lottery to get into it. It's um it's on the border of Utah and Arizona, like right above the Grand Canyon, pretty much. Hmm. But it's like super way out there. It's on BLM land, and um, hmm. but yeah, it's uh that was the first place I hit um, when I started living in the van. 
I, I was just like, it was on my list. I was just like, I got to make this happen. And I went with her and she just like, we woke up super early in the morning just to kind of just like rebel run it and just go in and without the passes. And she just like flaked on me. She's like, no, nah, I can't do it. And I was like, all right, whatever. But then like a year later, I came back and did it. Mm. But um, yeah, people get, uh, People get real spooked about that because they're like, oh, if you get caught, you'll get a fine, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't know, I'll just take the fine if I get caught. <laughs> so I just, I uh, I went there on my own in the van, and um, it's not like a regular park attraction or national park. Right? It's just like straight up just backcountry. Mm-hmm. So there's no, like walking path or like you know there's no like little like cut little signs that tell you where to go you're literally just like following foots like footsteps in the sand and hoping that they lead towards it so i like it's funny because like people you know get on like google maps or uh, google earth and like look for street spots i was doing that for like national you know just like kind of uh stuff like that just like you know national park stuff to see Mm. like nature stuff or whatever so i would sit there and just study the route non-stop on google maps and just be like all right i know i gotta like go up north cut over a little bit head south go around this mountain range so i already had it in my head i was like i know i need to go in this way down this trail and then just like turn right and then i'll eventually get to it so i yeah just woke up at like super early five in the morning and just did it by myself and uh but i was so hyped to do it i forgot all my supplies so like i took my camera stuff but like forgot any food i just left behind all my water and um i walked out there and it's like straight desert you know it's uh and i walked into it and and got to it luckily um i got a little lost getting to it it's only like a four or five mile hike but round trip it's around like 14 i think but um yeah i I got into it got my photos i had to wait uh because at the time like the sun was like kind of hitting it and putting a weird shadow on it so i had to wait till sunset to get a full like non-shadowy no like no weird no hard shadows on it type of photo wow get the photo uh you know I, i burned through a roll of film on it and then um, at that point, sunset is there, so I like I needed to get out, and I tried to get out, and then like halfway through, like it was just like the sunset, and then there, you can't see anything. Oh, and shit. Then, uh, my phone died, so I didn't have any lights, no food, no water, just out in the desert all day. I ended up having to um, camp out in like straight wilderness with nothing, like just but my camera bag. And I, uh, like, found some tree. It was, like, December in the desert, so it gets super cold at night, like, 30s. And I had to, like, get underneath a tree, like, just one of those, like, dead brush, like, dry brush trees or whatever. I started, like, burning this, like, tree to stay warm. Um, At one point, I just, I kept trying to just sleep through the night just to get until sunset so I could see. Because I didn't, I kept, I was getting really dehydrated. And then um, I didn't want to just keep walking in circles and get lost in the dark. So I was just like, I'll just get through the night. 
but I was like real spooked that I'd walk up to like a ranger or something like in my face or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, the closest town to there is like 40 miles away, so I was like, yeah, nobody's coming out here at like, you know, five in the morning. But um, yeah, at one point I woke up, I burned one tree, and then I wake up to another. I burned another tree that I was sleeping under to stay warm, and then uh, made some like makeshift fire but i woke up to it like falling on me at one point like it like hit me in the face but uh wow yeah it was it was wild but i woke up and i was actually not too far away from the trail found it and then uh got my photos got out of there and just like made it back to the van and i was just thinking about food the whole time i was like i've got so much food back in the van i just want to go eat it all (laughs) then i get to it i didn't eat anything (laughs) dude that's like Man. It's like uh, if you've seen that movie 127 Hours. Yeah. Um, it's like that. I, I like it was the exact same like, uh, the same deal as that. This dude just goes out on his own. He's like, screw this shit. No, I don't got anybody. And then, uh, yeah, he goes and sees some cool places, but just gets stuck out there. And like Damn. that almost happened to me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds mad, sketchy, and scary for sure. Yeah. I kind of just run life like that. I just, like, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Dude. But. No, so, like, I like to think that there's only so many people that get a good gist of, like, all of America. Like, yeah. I feel like stand-up comedians get a little bit of that since they're always in every town trying to make that group in that town laugh. But I think bike riders, skateboarders, maybe other people that do kind of touring stuff but especially bike riders since it's you know a similar mindset like getting to see all this stuff like you would have a pretty good grasp of like what it's really like out there because not everybody gets to leave their hometown or their state yeah. or even their side of the country you know yeah yeah it's uh there's a lot of uh this is a big country and Aside from the big cities and all that, there's a lot of stuff in between mm-hmm. and uh, plenty of cool places. We live in a pretty unique, uh, you know, USA is a pretty unique place. It's got a little bit of everything. You can go from like East Coast where it's all, uh, you know, just trees, stuff like that. And then you, you pass through the middle and it's just like plains and then it gets like big mountains and then deserts. Like I got obsessed with sand dunes because, uh, I I didn't even know sand dunes existed in the United States. I thought it was like a, something you had to go to Africa to see or something like that. Wow, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like stuff like that's out in Colorado and uh, some really good ones in Yuma, Arizona. Um, but yeah, it's like I love shooting photos and stuff like that. It's just crazy that you would think that it would only exist on the beach, but yeah, it's crazy seeing a sand dune as high as like a 10-story building, you know? It's, mm-hmm crazy looking especially that like that far inland too you know yeah it's just all that dust blows around out there and piles up that's all (laughs) it is but like it's piling up over like tens of thousands of years or whatever moving around wow yeah how did you figure out like the stuff you wanted to see did you were you following like how do you even like for me like there's cool shit out there but i don't even know to go check it out because i don't even know where to start like uh just pop on like instagram stuff uh just get on google and just look up you know weird places to see in this state 
Um, so you were just kind of looking, just looking out for stuff that piqued your interest and then just making a list out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I was like, I got into the whole YouTube thing. I would just watch like band videos and stuff and kind of catch stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, friends would mention stuff or whatever. I'd definitely like ask local people when I'd pass through towns, like, hey, what's cool to see? But I don't know. I, I just kind of have an eye for stuff like that. And um, yeah, I would like, I would get real into hot springs too. That's like, those are really cool. That's always like out west. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, uh, it was all stuff I never even knew about before uh, I started living in my van. I didn't even know what a hot spring was. Uh, wow, yeah. And sand dunes, I thought, like I said, were like in, I thought that was like an African thing, but no, it's definitely anywhere where it's like mountains and stuff like that. But, so you were kind of discovering it as you go. Yeah. You're already in the van. That's crazy. That's so cool. Shit. I just got back from the Finger Lakes. I had never been up there before. I had been up in Rochester area, but I never had gone to the Finger Lakes in New York. Have you heard yeah. of them? Apparently, they were all made from glaciers. How fucking gnarly is that? Cause that's just somehow ice doing whatever ice does, cut these ginormous grooves that look like claw marks into the yeah, bone, you know, like yeah, it's there's crazy stuff all over the place. You just gotta like dig into it i mean even like it's kind of hard to find stuff out in the midwest or east coast and all that but just down in georgia uh there's this crazy park um and it's like it looks like something you would see in the west coast but it's like i I took i went there with my dad and uh forget the name oh it's called providence canyon state park for anybody that's interested or in the area Um, but it's like it looks like something that would be out in like utah or something like that really but yeah that's just like a run like that was made from like a runoff of like uh farm farm irrigation or something like that and it made some like crazy sandstone looking type of stuff or whatever but i mean yeah just in ohio like Ohio, you would think it's just cornfields and stuff like that, but yeah, there's a place called Hawking Hills in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got tipped off to that from like my friends that lived there because I was living in Ohio for a little bit, and um, yeah, Hawking Hills, crazy looking place too. It looks like something that would come out of like, you know, something out west or whatever. But yeah, there's a little bit of something in each state for the most part. Yeah, it may not be like the best, but it's still something cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Apparently, there's a there's a Grand Canyon in Pennsylvania, or something like that, like a yeah. mini Grand Canyon. It's wild. There's like so much, basically. Like where I grew I mean, up. To uh, okay. sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm bad about that. Um, I just don't want to lose this uh, Centrilla. Uh, have you heard of that? That yeah. town. The mining town, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a cool one too. And I but guess yeah, it's I guess like what's still. What's the Grand Canyon thing like? Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, I just wanted to spit that out. <laughs> yeah, Centralia is like, a, it's, nobody lives there, right? And it's because some, there was a mining accident and the, the whole town is like shitty. Kind of like the Silent Hill movie. Yeah, they based the movie off of that and the game. Well, I think the game came first or something like that. But right, they, yeah. uh, it's a it was a coal miner town in PA. It's like right off of uh, that main 
highway maybe 80 or something like that mm. but um yeah it's real cool the whole town just got like erased but uh there's a highway or a road in it that they call graffiti highway but it's just like back in like 2000s it like the, the fires were still burning underneath the town oh shit and uh yeah it's a coal mining it was like a coal mining accident and the coal coal mine got lit on fire underneath the town and it just like collapsed all the ground so it looks like an earthquake happened but there's like there was smoke pouring out of these cracks so this road is just like super dilapidated cracks all over the place and then um, smoke would be pouring out of it but it's now it's like the whole town's gone there's no houses left but there's a highway uh like road and then um it's pretty cool. It's got spots in it where you can like jump it and like ride it. We we filmed some like B-roll in in us them, but it's oh, just cool. covered in graffiti, just like shitty civilian graffiti, like people <laughs> spray painting like weed leaves and dicks everywhere. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's a place to check out if you're in the area. Damn. Okay, so you were on this this journey. What would you call it? like a journeyman's journey, kind of like a walkabout. You know. uh i just um what kept happening was like i would just want to see places mm-hmm. and i would be like working at a job and like you know you only get like your week off for the year or something like that yeah and then like you you know you, you don't want to go alone so then you're trying to orchestrate some sort of trip with like a girlfriend or your friends or whatever mm-hmm. and then like shit would just fall through all the time people would just be like ah nah I can't afford it or like they're just not about it so I was just like I've got all these places I want to see and like time year just keep the years just keep rolling by I was just like I'm not going to be able to see it at this rate you know so I was just like if I just want to get all this shit going I better do it now because I'm not getting any younger mm-hmm. so um, I don't know I was just like yeah just like I would kind of work from the road and and that's what I did I had tons of weird jobs that I did along the way to like, keep it going but uh yeah it's just like there's no way i'm gonna see these places if i try and just do like you know the usual got my my week's vacation for the year yeah most people just go to like florida or some shit but i was just like yeah there's no play no way i'm gonna be able to see all this stuff so i was just like i'll just like i'll just sacrifice three years or whatever and go do it so i just checked off all the all the lists <laughs> i think it would it takes a lot of determination man to to say that and then do that because yeah. i don't know anybody that would maybe lawhead but i, uh, I, I kind of when i word it to people i call it reverse um retirement hmm. so i was just like yeah because i was watching my parents and stuff and they were like they did the usual thing where like you know they would go places every once in a while or whatever but they were just like oh yeah like i'm just gonna wait till i'm 65 to like see all this stuff and then you get to like 65 and you're just your body's wasted and you can't even i kind of saw that i took my parents to yellowstone and uh, they like couldn't even walk down half of like the 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 walkways to even see any of this stuff and i was just like I was like, yeah, I'm not getting ripped off. Like, this is my one shot at life. Um, right. And I'm not going to just, like, assume that I'm going to make it to 65 or whatever. Uh, and at this rate, my body's pretty jacked up anyway. So I was just like, I might as well do it now while I can at, at least walk. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's just like I'm not gonna like risk it. It's my life, so I'll just uh, I'll do it now, and then I can, you know, if I need to, uh, can do a little bit more later too. But mm-hmm. I'd rather just like make sure I get it now and mm-hmm. get it while it's like, good. So yeah, especially when you're younger and it's like there's other things that can happen between now and then, you know, like yeah. Do you, I think that's a generational ahead. thing. Uh, you know, the generations before us were just like, you know, keep your head down, work, 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 and then like, you know, you'll get the get to do it when you're 65 or whatever. And I think our generation is just like, no, like, do live your life now because there's no guarantees. Yeah. Um, tomorrow you might get sideswiped and just be done. You know, mm-hmm. so it's the fucking truth, yeah. man. <laughs> So truth. yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. When when it when it's all said and done and you're gone, none of that matters anymore. But it's just like I at least want to. I'm I'm here, and I I think we're pretty lucky to to have, you know, all these things on this planet. You know, be able to breathe air and see, you know, colors, see cool stuff or whatever. I mean, it, yeah. life can just be black and white and boring or whatever. But it's like there's a lot of cool stuff out there to go see. So why not go see it? You know, why you can. Yeah, especially because some stuff, depending how the how the world evolves, might not be around. Like, uh, I think it was the um, the coral reef is like gone. The Great Barrier Reef is like no more because everybody going in the ocean with with suntan lotion, it oh. killed the coral. Yeah, yeah. They I, some of the parks I would go to. Like, if you go to Arches Park, um, you can see like there's like that you know it's on the utah license plate it's like that weird arch looking thing mm-hmm. if you go into that yeah you do you do this hike all the way up to it and you can see so many photographers have planted tripods down and it's like sandstone so it's like very brittle um so many people have planted tripods down that there's indentions of tripod marks to shoot this arch and i'm just like yeah do that a couple more hundred years and like it's just gonna like break that thing off you know it's just gonna it's gonna decay so that's why at that spot at the wave um that i was talking about earlier yeah they only in like 10 or so people a day because it would just like if people are going there and doing cartwheels all over it it's just gonna fall apart so and that's what people do when they go there they usually jump all over it mm-hmm. and it, uh it wouldn't last it wouldn't look as as cool as it does you know damn that's wild do you think after the whole three-year trip you know multiple trips you know you're you're seeing a lot of stuff and you're kind of getting a little bit burned out by being on the road but you're enjoying seeing what you're seeing do you think when you kind of came back from that that normal life kind of seemed i don't know if it seemed easy but it was like like you're used to kind of having to grind against you know the the wave of things to get to where you want to go yeah so do you think like that that three-year experience kind of helped you move forward in your in your current gig you know current i mean life in general like just uh i it was hard like getting back into normal life Mm -hmm. um it's like I even, like, I slept on a cot in my van for, like, the whole three years, and, like, like the, you know, six months after, like, just, like, living in, like, a, my friend's a 
basement or like living like moving back home or something like that i continued just like to sleep on the cot because i was just like i don't want to get a bed i like you you, i had all the crap and i sold everything when i got the van and i was and i never wanted it back i like Mm -hmm. i still people are just like why don't you buy this why don't you buy that and i'm just like i don't need it i don't want it Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's like occurring a bunch of like just household items and stuff like that I, I still like I still you know I uh, kind of live that way a little bit you know now like I still like go and live like sleep in my van a bunch and it's uh, it was a little hard to get acclimated to it but mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean I still like now I still shower at Planet Fitness <laughs> like I, that's like that's just where I go to take a shower but uh that, yeah that's a anybody that's like doing the van stuff that's a lifesaver get you know get yourself a planet fitness like black card you can shower anywhere in the country and just pop in there and you can just get a shower you can even get a massage if you want to <laughs> but uh yeah just living on the, the first month I did it I didn't have any of that stuff or actually the first year but um, just trying to like pop into friends' houses and get a shower, people get all weird. They're just like, "What are you trying to mooch off me or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you can get that, it's like that makes or breaks breaks uh, doing that type of stuff because like being all just like grimy and gross and hot and whatever, hot shower can can do uh, wonders for you. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. What well, I guess what I was kind of getting at was like like now you're kind of having to get a lot of stuff done and does that stuff seem like in your head you can see the the end solution so it might it may look like a rat's nest but to you you see all you can see all these little pieces moving and where they need to move and i'm wondering if that's because you're you're used to having to worry about a lot of moving pieces on the road so now that you are working working for a company you can kind of see that i don't know I'm... yeah with like animal uh yeah i've just done it all before i've kind of built up uh two companies previous to this like merit i you know i didn't like build or anything like that but like i did like get a bunch of new shops so i know how to like get new customers yeah. uh, and then i kind of understand what it's like to have like you know you know parts orders rolling in from overseas and stuff like that so like i i, I got to get a little taste of that and, and see how that process goes because it's just like yeah it's like you know you'll the shit uh, shipment will be coming in and it's just like ups is like oh it's got to clear customs or you right. know like oh it's tied up in like you know it's tied up with customs and like we're waiting a week for it to clear like that's all stuff i currently deal with now and it's like yeah it's that's kind of uh i guess you would say a rat's nest to deal with but mm-hmm. i'm used to it, i've dealt with it with with other companies so it was just um, previous experience you already had yeah, yeah i mean i wasn't doing any of that stuff when i was there but i was watching it happen so mm-hmm. i was and i was paying attention and i still remember it mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's uh yeah i definitely was prepared for it all and it's um it's just like I'm the person that has to, you know, answer to it all now. I mean, Ralph helps me, but I'm I'm usually the one like steering the boat. He uh, he deals with all like you know the the financial stuff and things like that too, and he deals with the team and yeah. and uh, yeah, he's 
we both work side by side, you know, on everything. And then uh, my friend Ryan Howard, he, he helps us out with like social media stuff and parts design and, um, and just like gives me kind of advice of like, you know, what, what's a good thing to, to do with like shirt ideas or part parts ideas or, or whatever, you know? Cool. Very cool. Um, can we talk about the, the remix them for a second or? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's, uh, so that was like Ryan's idea. He, he solely can take credit for that. Um, yeah, it's like Animal hit 20 years this year. Uh, it's been through some rough patches, but actually it's going pretty strong now. Um, it's it's in a very lean state to where it can just run very efficiently and 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 all that. But um, yeah, it's uh, we the it hit the 20 year mark, and that was like you know one of their first things that they made was like you know something like that back 20 years ago. So the um, yeah, Jam Industries was the original machine shop that kind of made like a bunch of, you know, BMX companies parts back in the day, mm-hmm. like USA made stuff. And uh, so we just hit them up and uh, and they were like, yeah, we still have the file for it. So we, we were just like, yeah, we just want to do like a, a limited edition uh, 20 year stem for it. So they i had to remake the top graphic on it mm-hmm. i had to i had to kind of mimic just all the graphics for it like you know the front animal uh plate like on, on the front cap and then uh the top graphic and all of that you know mm-hmm. it had the 20 year logo on it but yeah there was a 10 year stem that they did so i i i built it off of that and just kind of i just overlaid you know the uh the graphics on it to make sure the fonts line up and all that but uh mm-hmm. yeah i had to do that and then sent it off to him and it's pretty pretty simple you just uh send him the money and they um they send you a sample back and you approve it and then it's good to go and they turn stuff around really quick uh we're actually like wanting to do some more usa made stuff with them but yeah they were telling me stories of like how they made made a bunch of like metal stuff back in the day for metal bikes mm-hmm. uh FBM, um, just tons of just all the core companies, you know. Shit. That's but yeah, wild. we did those, and uh, we did pre-orders for them, and uh, so we made uh, 350 of them, and then pre-sold about 300 of them before they were even like at the warehouse. So yeah, it worked out really good. That's awesome. The people love Animal Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it I um after like FBM going uh, and stuff like that, I was just like I I don't want to see another BMX company go, mm-hmm. and they weren't by any means going anywhere. But like I just I was just like I don't want to see I just want to help BMX because it's it's helped me so much over the years, and I love it, and I'll I'll do it as as long as I can physically, but like I'll always love it, so I'll. Uh, I just didn't want to see anything like that happen. So I was just like, yeah, I kind of, it was like my next challenge. Um, cause I was just like, yeah, I've like went and seen the world and, and lived probably eight lives at this point. <laughs> and, uh, I was just like, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll help, you know, rebuild a company and that'll be my, my next, uh, venture in life. Cool, man. Yeah. It's fucking tight. 
I just got the new animal video. It's got the little booklet with it. You said you guys put those together yourselves? Yeah, yeah, we did it fully fully DIY for the most part. I mean, we didn't um, press we didn't press the uh, DVDs at all, so we had to like have we had to send those off to a uh, duplicator. Right. Yeah. But the um, the zines that come with it, uh, I had to design that alongside with like my, my friend Greg Molinterno. He shot all the photos for it, but like I helped him design it and then uh, sent it off to a printer. Had the books printed, had them perfect bounded, and uh, just sent them a PDF pretty much and printed them out. But then um, yeah, we did really good. We did two runs of it and sold all through all of them. I think I got like about a hundred, hundred of them left, mm. but we sold a good amount. And then, uh, sorry, my dog's barking. It's all good. Yeah, my 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 rep Stu, he's just showing up for nice. work today. But uh, uh, no, we 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 sold through all that stuff. But yeah, it was it would be like me and Ryan, him popping in on, like, coming down from Ohio and popping in on, like, a Saturday mm-hmm. and putting the DVDs into the back of it, popping in, like, the, the insert for the DVD to clamp into, uh, bagging it up, and then just, like, building DVD booklets mm-hmm. for, like, you know, five hours straight. So <laughs> do all that. So yeah. we definitely weren't paying anybody to do that stuff, but, Damn. yeah, we, uh, we made it from scratch, and that's kind of how how we're doing things right now. So it's like it's fun though, because like you can learn how to do all this stuff. And I, I did that with us and them. Uh, we built all that stuff from scratch too, so it was all just kind of second nature at that point. Yeah. To do it all. So. Very cool, man. Um, that video is a nice little work of art. Um, what is, uh, animal one? Yeah. Um, is Benthian. Is Benthian the filmer for him, or was that just like uh, he was on uh, for that project? He he, um, he was actually the one that that got me set up with like the job there. Him and Ryan, he he asked Ryan or whatever, but he he works for Fit now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's still like you know in the animal family and all that. But cool. yeah, he's he's a Fit filmer, and uh, but he he was the one that made the whole video. You know, he yeah. filmed it all. He did an awesome job. Just wanted to give him a shout out for that. That's it was a good, good little vid. Yeah, it was good to get it out. It took a lot of work to get it out, but finally it's done and over with. So we're, we're good to go. I think, I mean, this is just me spitballing, but I kind of feel like just growing up in BMX, it seems like the videos are kind of like the strongest, the tip of the spear of the BMX brand. I guess you could say like. Like if you have a good it, video, you can kind of. It shows that the brand is still around. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it shows that like, hey, we're still out here doing stuff, and we're not just like turning and burning parts. Um, it shows that like we're actually doing what we what we talk about, and that's riding bikes. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of dudes can just post up in an office or whatever, but like we're still out here riding, riding and, and doing it. So that's what's up. Oh shit! Um, you said you mentioned uh, before Jimmy Levan, and he's from Kentucky as well, right? Yeah. And uh, do can we talk about any of that kind of stuff, or is that still on the low? Like, uh, uh, or do you want to yeah, just... just Jimmy is 
he's a, a longtime friend of mine, but uh, we're we're trying to help him get back on his feet. He uh, he's definitely burned through his nine lives. He's definitely a <laughs> unstoppable person. Um, but yeah, he he is uh, yeah he's like he was in some rough times or whatever. But he had like a car wreck and like totaled his, totaled his car and, and stuff like that. And then uh. I don't know. I, I, it's so easy for me to screen print and pop shirts out that we were just like, yeah, let's do a, do a run of metal shirts, and we're printing those for him now to help him out, and it's actually going really good. We we sold probably like five grand in shirts already, just like doing it on the side, like doing like an Instagram post and a big cartel website. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there's definitely. I think right now with BMX being uh, like a lot of dudes our age. Um, those dudes have like legit jobs and and money stuff like that so like people are down to just like pay for like some nostalgia so it's like they're down to you know pay 20 bucks for a shirt or whatever mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's like if if you watch a lot of the companies i mean even primo is like bringing back the wall and things like that and b monster everything's on like a nostalgia trip right now so yeah yeah it's cool coming back like the old like i do it with animal i you know i pretty much just go through the catalog and archive and, and just pick out old designs and i'm like cool let's print this or <laughs> bring this uh let's bring this jump off sim back or whatever like yeah it's cool because uh it's 20 years worth of just cool shit to like dig through and i know like yesterday you're talking about with kink you're like having your hands on like a lot of files for like parts like you know parts files or mm-hmm. stuff like that and yeah i go through all that stuff i you know I'm, i see i have access to all that stuff so i'm going through like all these old drawings of like parts and stuff like that and it's cool to to work off of that it makes makes my life easier for sure so nice is there uh any new products in the pipeline you can share share with us get anybody hype some new animals yeah here. yeah uh we got chrome uh street forks those are actually shipping now so those are on the way um we're trying we're doing a 10 inch bar uh, we're gonna call it the spliff bar so it's like a spin-off of the old pip bar and uh and i don't know i'm in the spliff so it's like and i think a lot of bmx is, is too but uh yeah spliff bar we're gonna do that so it's like a 10 inch bar um that's like i don't really ride 10 inch bars but it seems like a thing that shops always ask about as mm-hmm. a thing in bmx so yeah you got to kind of do that but mm-hmm. um there's uh we have wheel sets ordered so animals never done that uh those are coming late october so we're gonna have like full javelin wheel sets cool we are working on like a new hub set to replace the javelins once we get them kind of finalized so we have like these uh it's like uh like the primo um those primo hubs that like don't have their flangeless hubs yeah you know like a simple hub yeah 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 so like we're making them like that i think fiend makes them too um but yeah that with like a you know hub like plastic hub guard things like that we have uh drive side guard for ryan howard that we're making oh cool doing that. is that what what's that going to be made out of uh it's just like 41 40 chromoly cool. so it's like a chromoly hub guard 
heavy duty. Um, then, yeah, what I'm really excited about is the wheel sets, though, because mm-hmm. uh, that can can bring in a lot of profit. And uh, yeah, it's just like they never did them, but it's like we had all the ingredients to do it, so we had spokes, traveling hubs, rims. So it's just like, why not? Yeah. So, uh, definitely it just, like i had to sit down and actually design the cartons for him though like the wheel carton that it goes in that was kind of i mean it's kind of boring because it's just a box but it's like i've never done anything like that so i was having to pretty much like do like a design like a graphic design for that so, yeah that's cool yeah but it's all stuff that's like if you want the wheels you got to make the box so it's <laughs> like just do that then you can have you know, uh, a wall full of wheel sets and stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, why not? <laughs> is there, is there, um, any kind of like push for certain packaging requirements, like to keep it at a certain level? Remember when duo came out with those grips that it was like over the top packaging for like no real reason. Um, I try and keep it. I know animal in the past, uh, they would kind of have expensive kind of boutique style packaging. Yeah, but that was classy. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah. it's cool for sure. I, I'm pretty sure people just keep it just to put stuff in. Yeah. Uh, I definitely kept like old shoe boxes of duffed shoes and head knees mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, no, nah, it's uh, it all costs money. Right. But yeah. yeah. It's uh. I haven't really dived down that rabbit hole yet with them. I just, uh, I was just like, whatever we can do just to like, kind of get them here. So I was yeah. just like, give me a box and, and that's that. So. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing about BMX is like, if the product if the product works, not many people are going to shy away from it because of the packaging. Because nine times out of ten, you don't even see the packaging. Yeah. Unless you're at uh, the bike shop. Sometimes like it just gets ripped off and thrown in the trash. Yeah. But, it's uh it definitely is a thing uh, you got to kind of like do it right because like if you're if you walk into a bike shop it's like and it's got some cool packaging on it uh or it's unique um mm-hmm. then you can spot that you can the kid can spot that from across the way and be like oh there it is right there yeah it's like i mean i'll do it all the time on instagram where i'll see like a shop posting up their inventory and I can spot the animal one because it's like it's got the unique, you know, packaging to it. So I can be like, all right, cool. Like they got our stuff, you know, yeah. whatever. So that's tight. Yeah. Shit, man. Well, I do. I do want to tell you that when I first started riding, I also seventh grade. There should be like a what's it called? Seventh grade dance comp. That should be like its own little show. <laughs> but um metal burma frame i wanted one so bad as a kid i don't like it was like the first like lighter frame i think too yeah like light light before real light kicked in but i just i don't know why i just felt like i needed to tell you that i really like the metal burma it's funny i was talking to jimmy the other day because i was like that type of kid i would i would get bike parts specifically off of how cool the sticker was so, <laughs> you know for yeah. instance like the terrible one bars up bottom just because it had that crossbar that said terrible across it you mm-hmm. know it's like i didn't i mean that was before anybody at that time i think cared about specs or anything like that yeah and i mean i even bought the bars and trashed them in like a week or so because they were just not that great but uh 
I still like them, and, like, I wanted the sticker off of it. So it's, like, that's the only reason I got it. And I told him, I was like, yeah, the only reason I bought your Dirty Dirty Bars is because it had the uh, the sticker on it that was, like, it's funny because he told me the story. It's that the sticker on it is actually a Georgia O'Keefe sticker. If you know what I'm talking about, it's, like, a, a pussy sticker. It says Dirty Dirty Bars. But it's, a, it's like, a Georgia O'Keefe painting is like that's what they got the artwork from oh shit but it's, uh, I bought it because it was like oh this is like i was like a little 13 year old kid i was like oh these bars have like a pussy on it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah i just buy stuff because i had cool stickers pretty much oh yeah <laughs> i mean like uh pros would always have that duff sticker on mm. their forks yeah and uh, um like i would like get the shoes not because I wanted the shoes, I just wanted the sticker and I wanted to put it on my forks because I wanted to be like, you know, I don't know, Biz, like Biz Jordan or something like that. So. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's like, it's, that's a that's a part of selling stuff is like if it has a cool sticker on it that helps it, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. you got to keep that in mind when you're making and, and designing parts. So It's crazy, man. It sounds like, you know, you're your pivoting animal into the, the 2020th century yeah That's yeah it's, it's a lot on on your shoulders for sure there's definitely times where i'm just like oh man like what have i got what have i got myself into but it's like i i know i got it because the hard all the all the hard you know building the company has already been done so hmm. it's like i don't have to like it's right. so easy to sell the stuff because there's so many customers. You just got to keep up with it, you know? Yeah. So it's like building a company is the hard part. Um, but like maintaining it, um, it's not as hard, but it still takes work. But, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah I don't, I'm, I've been with companies where like they they only had like five products and there was only like, they only had like 30 bike shops and that's when it's hard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's like when you have like tons of customers, it's so easy. We get stuff in here, and we fly through it within like a week. You know, it's like we uh, it's so hard to like keep some parts. You know, it's like black pedals or GLH tires or whatever. It's so hard to keep it because it's such a high demand, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it can be tough at times to keep up with that. But uh, no, it's a good problem to have for sure. I guess. So, I guess we're running a little long here, but can we uh, touch on the the parts shortage real quick, since since we're kind of on that vein? Uh, I I don't want to spill the beans too much or put anybody out. Um, I'll just say it's uh it's kind of like the toilet paper thing that happened with the Corona stuff. It's yeah. like everybody ran into the store and just cleaned the shelves out, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I guess like you know it was hard for those those. Uh, toilet paper companies to bounce back but uh the uh yeah it's like bmx you know they we didn't have a crystal ball to see you know that people were just going to have a bunch of unemployment money and yeah. uh yeah it's like i think a lot of people i mean me and a bunch of my friends like we've gotten money that we never would have saw and so people like are out of work and they can buy tons of they got tons of free time now, so they're just like, yeah, I just want to, like, buy all this stuff, but, uh, yeah, people just went through, and if you, if you go to any of the bike shops, um, 
it's not just a part shortage. It's just like some bike shops are like they can't keep up with uh, complete bikes and all their shelves are empty. All the bike racks are empty because it's all been sold out because mm. people had money to burn. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's like with the part shortage, um, obviously somebody has to make those parts and it's over in Taiwan. So a lot of companies use the same manufacturers. So like when everybody's hitting them up all at once, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's gonna it's gonna take some time to get the stuff made or whatever. Do you remember the Angry Beavers cartoon? Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> that cartoon. <laughs> so, so when Angry Beavers knew that they were gonna get canceled, they made an episode about them getting canceled where they just like say it to like the kids or whatever and nickelodeon put the kibosh on the last episode but then kept advertising like new episodes or like angry beavers on the night and it's like it was never a new episode so like you kept coming back to nickelodeon but you weren't ever going to get anything new and it kind of felt i was trying to figure out like a good way to like present this so it kind of feels like like you're you're obviously acknowledging it and saying something, but I feel like in other places they're not saying anything. I mean, maybe it's to keep kids from panicking or adults, moms from panicking and maybe buying yeah. something on Amazon. It it's kind of like the Popeyes chicken sandwich thing. You remember that? Yeah. Where like it was so popular that everybody went and bought it, and then for like three months they didn't have them. Yeah. <laughs> and same deal. You know, it's like. If everybody runs to the store right now and buys up all the black pedals, then you're going to have to come up with some more. And, like, if people don't have the foresight to order a bunch of those in, in the future or whatever, then there's not going to be any anything to supply. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I tried my best to, to order as much as I could, but I only had so much money, too, to order stuff. So, yeah, right now all the companies are hitting them up and just be like, we need, we need, we need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting hit up for like, it's funny because tubes are hot right now. Yeah. Like, it's not something I would even, that's like something I was just like, that was like in the, on the bottom of my list of things that would be important to shops. But, uh, you know, in terms of animal products. But, uh, yeah, I've got people hitting me up from Alaska, like being like, hey, uh, sell me all your tubes and I was just like well I have to limit it to like you know 20 per shop because like everybody's just blowing me out and uh, yeah I had a bunch of tubes but I just got cleaned out because like apparently they can't even hit up wherever they get tubes from I guess like you know because like Kenda tubes or whatever they Mm. can't get them because there's it's just too much you know all the shops are flooded with repairs right now because all those people went out and rode their bikes and had nothing to do during the pandemic stuff so it's uh it's only common sense really it's just like there's more people out there doing it you gotta be able to back it up it sounds like it sounds like a a good thing for bike shops like not not the parts going out but but more so like they're people have a lot of downtime they have a little bit of surplus possibly maybe it's maybe it's one or the other or both and it's it's getting them into the bike shops and it sounds like it's only strengthening and the bike shops I'm, over there i was so happy that i kind of saw that it was coming because i was just like because i got i got a hold of like you know some money from the unemployment stuff or whatever and i was just like 
yeah, like everybody's got some extra cash and they got nothing to do. They can't go to work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're gonna go buy what they want to get. Mm-hmm. And BMX people go buy bike parts. <laughs> so they, uh, I was just like, yeah, I can kind of see that you know this is gonna happen. And it's I was worried that it would do it. It would be like you know the financial crisis in like 2010 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, like there would be some sort of like stock market crash or some shit. But uh, it actually it was a blessing just in disguise for BMX and. Um, it's just we're riding the wave mm-hmm. right now just to be like let's just keep that momentum going just keep the stuff selling and, and stuff like that but yeah it's this i think any any businesses right now that have stayed open during this like all my friends i always call it it's a it's a coronation pretty much <laughs> they're on corona vacation but um anybody that uh has stayed working through this is pretty exhausted you know (laughs) but uh the people that haven't been working they're just like oh cool like i'm just kind of frivolously buying things left and right yeah but at the people that are working all the bike shops like everybody's happy to have all the business but they have to almost turn down business right now because it's just too much like Mm -hmm. it's more so repairs uh just getting flooded with like the flat flat tires and stuff like that because uh i mean even when all this started i was seeing my whole neighborhood was like just like groups of families on bikes and mm-hmm. i was like i hadn't seen that in decades and yeah. uh yeah everybody kind of got on this like healthy tip and i was like <laughs> that's great <laughs> we all should have been doing this forever <laughs> like, yeah exactly yeah. hell yeah man well i'm excited to see this paradox book come out um yeah like maybe um I'm, I'm aiming, I'm aiming to, I'm trying to, I need to sort through all the typos on it, and then at that point, I'll just pop it out and, and print out, probably, like, you know, I'll, I'll send it off to the printers and get, like, 50 copies or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, it would be definitely cool, I, like I said, I would even be down to, like, get on here and, and read some of the stories word for word from the book, um, I pretty much gave you a summarized version of one of them earlier, mm-hmm. like, the, the haunting one. Cool. Uh, the haunting one, but um, yeah, I'd be I'd be down to like pop on here again and do like another one, and because it's like my first podcast, so I was just like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, it'd be cool to pop on there once I have it and help promote it or something like that. Definitely, dude. You know, yeah, for sure. You're always welcome back on, man. Cool. I'm excited to see uh, what you do with the animal, and I'm excited to check out this book. So uh, thanks for being on. Yeah. It's, uh yeah, it's going good. It, it ain't going nowhere. We're still alive and strong over here, and uh, yeah, it's only only gonna get better because it's running. You know, it's running very lean right now, and uh, we're we got it got it on a good path. So it's it's really good. Dope, awesome, yeah. man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, get you some more content or something like that cool yeah. i got some interesting stuff to talk about so figured i would go for it oh yeah man thank you um cool. shout out to howard howard putting the plug in you know yeah any any last things you want to say before we end it off yeah just thanks to howard ralph justin for setting me up with the job here Stu, my rep he's killing it and doing a great job and then uh yeah, my family, friends, 
and all that stuff. It's uh, I appreciate everybody. Cool. So, well, uh, yeah, it's 11:40 over here. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry. I gotta get home and get these uh, get some shirts printed today. Definitely, man. Uh, yeah, man. I like what you're doing over there. So. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you later. Take care.